This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Hey, it's Mark Potter kicking off episode number eight of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Thanks to all of you for tuning in on a consistent basis. Hopefully, you're enjoying what we're doing. If there's something you want us to cover or a topic to touch on, feel free to send me an email at mark at shoresportsmd.com, and we'll see if we can't get it covered for you within a couple of weeks. But uh, today's edition is going to focus on the second part of the Bayside football preview with Mike Bradley. Mike spent a lot of time with a lot of the coaches, and today is a culmination of the rest of the interviews why don't we get right to it time out with shore sports presented by the preston automotive group hey it's david wilson jr with the preston automotive group preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034 we love the communities we serve and we love to give back no matter what the case may be the Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you, no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle and the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at TheEdgeTrainingAcademy.com. It is the Timeout Podcast, a part of ShoresportsMD.com and our Overtime Live Flair as we continue Media Day. Now, we're doing this interview a week later because it's a unique situation. We're here at Cambridge South Dorchester where we were a week ago doing Media Day. But at the time, head coach Toby Peer, new head coach here with the Vikings, had not had a chance to, to meet with the team and see his players in a unique situation. And, uh, Coach, we were here covering your press conference, but now you've started to get a chance to start to meet your players and program and, and fill us on the last couple of weeks for you well it's been eventful uh thank you for coming back and uh we appreciate it and we appreciate your coverage and uh but uh, you know i'm pleased with the kids are working hard and uh the coaches are working hard um we're taking steps in the right direction we sure with wish uh, mother nature would uh take a nap while we have pra- time to practice it's either been too hot or raining to practice so uh, we've had a lot of gym time and uh football's made for outdoors so it'd be nice to get out there a little bit but things are going okay i'm uh, i'm encouraged with what i'm seeing so far well, and Coach, uh, you know, glass half full with that, even though you're doing a lot of gym time and whiteboard stuff, is that you're installing a new offense and, and a new defense, especially offensively. This is a complete change from what Cambridge has run. So as I've kind of observed practice here before you came inside here to talk, obviously a lot of learning and teaching going on. And, and guys, you know, it's going to take a little while for them to, to get comfortable. Yes, exactly. And uh, we just got to make sure we take care of the little things. And it, it like you say, it's a new offense, new defense, and a special teams are new as well and uh, so uh, you know the defense has the biggest advantage because we, uh, they've been an odd front and we're still an odd front so but the offense is a big change in the in the special teams has new coaches on the staff but it's all right we're all positive and uh, you know we're encouraging each other to just learn it together and uh, you got to find the the blessing uh, of the adversity that's given you to us and you know we were able to to slow it down and to teach and, and every day reteach and reteach the same concepts over and over. Um, we, we don't have a lot in, but we just keep reteaching it and, uh, you know, it's all about execution. So. 
Well, and as we take a look, uh, you've got a scrimmage coming up Saturday. And when this airs on the podcast, it'll have already been played on Tuesday when we uh, when we drop this in. Uh, but that'll be really uh, the tail of the tape round one for you just to see where you guys are at. Yeah, and I'd like to have about 12 more days to get ready for that scrimmage. <laughs> I have news for you because <laughs> none of us on the coaches staff thinks think that we're ready for that. But, uh, you know, everybody's in the same in the same uh, situation. You know, time's a factor. The weather's been a factor. The heat, you know, it, it waited till we started practice to to get to the uh, the feels like of 109. <laughs> so, but we're all in the same situation, and we'll just go out and get it, get some uh, plays on film, and you know, we'll make our corrections from there and get ready for the second one. Certainly, what has to help? You've got some coaches on your staff that you've coached with before, so that's a big help as uh, compared to coming here and then kind of putting a staff together of guys that you don't necessarily know that well. Yeah, it is nice when you come in to be able to bring a couple guys with you. And uh, but I'll tell you, my, I tip my hat to the coaches that are, were here. You know, they're awesome human beings first and foremost. They're doing a nice job um, trying to learn the new way of business, and um, we're meshing well uh, together. And uh, so I'm very proud of the staff so far. Coach, in terms of your numbers, and I was talking to your son a little bit earlier. I think he was saying roughly like 32, which is an increase from the spring. But I know you'd like that number to be higher. But fill us in about overall numbers and then the breakdown with varsity JV. Yeah, so we're in the high 60s overall. Um, that's not where we want to be. But as I speak to coaches, uh, you know, all across the state and from other states where I've coached, everybody's numbers are down a little bit post COVID. You know, um, so it, it, it's it's probably running the same for most of us you know in terms of uh, energy level and do you feel rejuvenation here with a fresh start here at Cambridge coming from South Hagerstown where the last couple of years you were AD you had to step away from that but now you're back on the field and did you have to get the rust off at all or was it like riding a bicycle you were ready to go from day one no I hit the ground running I, I mean I am just absolutely having a ball just just a great time I'm so excited to be back out on the field coaching and uh, nothing wrong with being an athletic director but uh, I'm really enjoying being the head football coach here and just just being another one of the guys again and teaching and mentoring kids. It's a great feeling. The coach earlier, I saw you take take or talk to one of your wide receivers and say, hey, these gloves are okay for practice, but not for the game. Now I was wondering about that only because I noticed they were orange and your rivals to the north are orange and black. So was that what that comment was referencing? That's not what it was referencing, <laughs> but it is funny that it ended up being that way. But, uh, you know, we, we want to be in uniform with our team colors and uh, so they're appropriate for practice but not for games so coach I know you've had a lot to get to so probably haven't had a chance to kind of delve into this but I know you're aware of the history and tradition here but is that something that you'll try to get into a little bit more with you and the coaching staff and the play and the young players as well are here for the first time and start to get into that and the rivalry down the line yeah it is and the first thing that I wanted to do was honor the, the teams of past by not putting stickers and and on the helmets and keeping the helmets just gold and plain. Uh, that's been tradition here for years, and that's the, the first thing I wanted to do to honor every person that wore a whistle here and was called coach and to honor everybody that wore the jersey here in the past. So that's the first thing I did was change my philosophy and stay with that uh, gold helmet. Coaches, we wind things down. Who's your next scrimmage? And then who do you kick off the season with? All right, the, the second scrimmage will be against Parkside, and our first opponent is uh, Milford out of Delaware. Uh, that's a good start, kickoff to the season there. Coach, best wishes. We'll talk to you in the preview show. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Appreciate your coverage of our, our team. Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. 
If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perret and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perret and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. All right, it's the Time Out podcast here, an overtime live flavor to it as we're uh, uh, conducting our media day here at Cambridge South Dorchester High School. And, of course, all a part of our new venture here, shortsportsmd.com. Really excited about this. And joining us now as we continue on, Mike Drake. He's the new defensive coordinator with Washington High School, and he's representing the Jags uh, for this uh, media day today. Coach, thanks so much for coming out. to appreciate it. And, um, you know, I know obviously you weren't a part of the program in the spring, but there was no spring ball, unfortunately. And it was disappointing because there was a lot of thought that, you know, team was going to be exciting to watch and had had some athletes for sure. And um, it was disappointing for the kids. But obviously with COVID and with, uh, you know, academics as well, I know that really impaired a lot of kids and made it tough for them. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we weren't able to, to field the team. But um, moving into this year, we do have some players that are returning. Um, we have some key players in important positions that will be back. And uh, I think we'll have a, a surprisingly good year. Coach, uh, in terms of numbers, what can you tell us there? Will you be able to field a JV, or are you going to have to just stick with the varsity? Uh, yeah. We're, we're going to stick with the varsity. Yeah. Um, we should have uh, pretty solid numbers. Uh, we'll be able to to field a, a pretty good team. Uh, we, we are young, but we have, uh, like I mentioned, a key uh, group of players um, that are seniors that are going to um, you know, really lead us into, into this year. Yeah. Uh, Coach, give us some background about yourself here as, again, a first-time uh, defensive coordinator at Washington, that is. Sure, sure. So um, I do teach at Washington. Um, I did coach um, the linebackers and running backs two years ago. Okay. Uh, okay. That was my first year coaching high school football. Um, and before that, obviously, in, in my day in high school, I played football and, and looked to play in, in college and, and such. And, um, you know, it's just really great to, to be here and be able to get back to playing football. Um, we missed that last year, and our kids need that, and, and we need that as a school. Now, what do you believe are, are reasonable expectations? Because since you guys didn't play in the spring, obviously you're playing behind the eight ball where some of these programs at least got in, you know, four or five games in most, in most cases, maybe four. Um, so what are reasonable expectations of Princess Anne? Our, our expectations really are to um, minimize our mistakes, um, play as mistake-free as we possibly can, try to keep it simple for our kids to learn and develop and really we're going to measure our success through the development of a, of our players as um, not only football players but as people um, try to teach them life skills that they can use on the field and in the real world yeah in terms of the workouts during the summertime did you have a good buy-in there uh, we did have uh, like I said a key group of kids that were um, conditioning weight training um, we were able to get a scrimmage in for seven on seven um, we only had one practice, but uh, when we went to the scrimmage, we actually um, did a very good job holding our own against uh, teams that were practicing throughout. So uh, we have some very good athletes. Um, it's really going to come down to size and, and the line. Yeah. Uh, stylistically, what can you tell us about what you bring as, as a D.C. and what we might see out of the Jags? Uh, really aggressiveness and uh, team defense. Um, you know, we don't have a big team, but we have a fast team. We have a lot of athletes, so we're going to try to get a lot of people to the ball. Yeah. Uh, in terms of where things are uh, from the spring with players that wanted to play but couldn't because you couldn't feel the team as a whole, were they able to work out in some way and, and do the best that they could to do some sort of football activity until you guys got to the summer where you could do a seven-on-seven seven and get in the weight room again? Uh, yeah. Really, it's just the conditioning in, in the weight room. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we, we were not able to um, have any, like, walkthroughs or, or anything like that. Um, so tonight with equipment handout and then going into Wednesday, the first day of practice, we'll really get a good glimpse of, of who's going to be able to um, play this year and um, and what type of uh, 
you know, style we'll be able to do. Like I said, our, our key core of guys are good athletes. We know they'll be there. Really just comes down to the line. Who do you guys have uh, week one, Coach? Uh, week one, we have uh, Y High, and then week two, we have uh, Queen Ants. So some big matchups right uh, right out of the gate there against uh, certainly Y High, a physical team in the trenches there, and uh, that'll be some old school football there to begin with. But uh, but I got to think as as for yourself with um, as you talk about team defense uh, in terms of the um, install and such, how are you going to go about that exactly? In terms of uh, are you concerned about throwing too much at them? Or are you going to take it slow uh, in the beginning? We're definitely going to go slow. We're we're looking at um, you know moving to a three four. Um, and, you know, maybe have uh, five to six defensive plays because, um, you know, with that 3-4, we do have to look at um, our coverages based upon lineups, um, different blitz packages and, and such. So we don't want to overwhelm them because we didn't um, have the season in the spring. We didn't have much in the off season. There's a lot to learn on the offense. So we're really just going to try to keep it simple because, if they know what their responsibilities are, they're going to play more aggressive and have more confidence. So we just want to keep it simple out there for them. Coach, thanks so much. A defensive coordinator of the Washington Jags, Mike Drake, joining us. And, again, their week one matchup against Wicomico. Coach, thanks so much for coming out. We do appreciate it. Best wishes in the fall to you guys. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me. You got it. All right. It's the Time Out Podcast, a part of our new venture, ShortSportsMD.com, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And we've got more to come as we continue on with our football previews next. Did you know – One in five youth live with a mental health condition. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center offers the highest level of mental health care to children, teens, and adults. Our therapists provide counseling for everything from depression, anxiety, or addictive behaviors. Our psychiatrists offer medicine-based treatments, and our victim advocates provide support for survivors of sexual violence. For All Seasons is here for you. Visit www.forallseasonsinc.org. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. All right, we continue on with our high school football previews here. It is the Timeout Podcast Overtime Live Flare this time around, all presented by the Preston Automotive Group. We're here at Cambridge South Dorchester uh, having our first media day, which we're really excited about and appreciate all the teams that came out. And we got, I think, about 85% uh, turnout, 85 to 90. So really appreciate uh, uh, the programs that are coming out. And joining us now, uh, head coach Dustin Mills and Widerson Moise of the James M. Bennett Clippers. And uh, coach... Thanks so much. Good uh, Good morning to you. Good morning to you as well, Mike. Pleasure yeah. being here. Appreciate you guys having this. I think this is a great step for uh, Shore Sports, both literally in your case and, uh, you know, figuratively in other cases. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's always good to get that exposure out there. So really excited to be here. Now, I wanted to ask about the spring experience. We'll get to you in a sec. I'll, I'll start with the coaches there. We'll get to um, – Talk to us about the spring experience because for every program it was different based on uh, obviously the numbers, based on the situation of how many seniors, juniors, sophomores, maybe even freshmen. So what was it like for James M. Bennett, and then what do you take from that into the fall? First of all, I love that you called it the spring experience. I think that's what I'm going to start <laughs> labeling it as because to call it a season is kind of a uh, misnomer and yeah. in certain respects insult to football seasons in general. <laughs> Um, you know, it was, certainly was a challenge for us. I mean, you could look at our record, obviously, and, and see that. But it wasn't so much about the on-the-field things. It was just so much that – there's so much that goes into coaching football and running a successful organization that has little to nothing to do with being on the field. And, unfortunately, during the spring, those were the things that were taken from us. And, quite frankly, those are the things that I feel are more important and that I appreciate the most uh, about the sport of football. You know, there's the guys out there who are very successful X's and O's, and, and that's great for them. You know, we saw it in the spring, and I tipped my hat, and they found ways to deal with the things that uh, we were dealing with as well. And, you know, it, coming in as, as a first-year coach, uh, again, you know, Christmas of 2019, I had an idea of where I thought the James and Bennett football team was going to be in, in 2020, and then that went out the window. And I had an idea of where we thought we'd be in 2021, and then that changed dramatically when, you know, things were kind of – given to us and then taken from us and then given to us and taken from us and just the whole uncertainty and you know I really struggled with that personally as an individual and as a coach because you know I feel I'm I'm responsible for every part of my program and every uh, man in my program as well 
and that uncertainty was hard for me because I had to pass that uncertainty on to my guys and my coaches. And hmm. when we did finally start, um, you know, not uh, we were told no in-person meetings, and that really hurt us a lot. You know, the guys would show up at three o'clock, we'd have practice, and I'd you know we they'd leave at five thirty, and we'd we'd see them again tomorrow. You know, we missed a lot of those opportunities that, in my opinion, really make coaching football worthwhile. Building those relationships, and, you know, we got to do some of that on the field but not the ways you typically get to do it. And anything we did in that regard took away from that practice time that we typically would have. So mm. we did have some trouble navigating that. But, you know, kind of the, the, the second part of your question, what did we learn? You know, uh, Duke of Wellington, famous for uh, winning the Battle of Waterloo and defeating Napoleon and, you know, that sort of stuff. His first campaign, he goes to France and gets absolutely crushed, right? Um, comes back and says, well, at least I learned what not to do, and that is worth something. And that's kind of what we're viewing a lot of the things we did in the spring season, you know, uh, both from a, uh, an X's and O's perspective, but also from a program perspective. We've decided to emphasize some things, um, you know, and really make a point of making some other things because, uh, you know, as I told your compatriot, Mr. Potter, um, you know, we kind of judge success in football not in the four years we have a kid, but their next 40. And that's kind of what we're looking at. And, you know, when you focus on that, I think the wins will come inevitably. You know, it kind of builds upon itself. Um, you know, but that's really where we're focused on developing is just looking at how a lot of teenage young men struggled, you know, during the COVID situation and online schooling and, you know, kind of how there was this dismissal, in my opinion, of uh, youth mental health. You know, we talked about it a lot. We didn't really do anything about it. And that's kind of what I'm viewing as, okay, now we have the opportunity to bring these young men back to, uh, you know, basically reinsert them into society in certain regards, at least educationally speaking, and, you know, go back to teaching them, hey, here's some things you want to focus on in your life versus just, uh, you know, getting out there and running football games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we learned a lot from the spring session, some things that, uh, you know, we will replicate. I think we did do some things successfully with our program in the spring. Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll keep those. Uh, but, obviously, we, we've kind of gone back to the drawing board on a lot of things, um, you know. But we're definitely excited for having, uh, you know, I guess I would say this is actually my first real season as the head coach of James M. Bennett. Right, uh, right. Minus the spring experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're looking forward to that and just working with these young men and, and building those relationships with them and kind of putting that imprint on what is James M. Bennett football going to be going forward, an opportunity we didn't really have in the spring. Yeah. Widenerson, let me bring you in and talk to us about your spring, first your position, and talk to us about your spring, what you took away from it, good, bad, and ugly, and what you'll take into the fall. Uh, in the spring, um, my main position was defensive end, but due to numbers, I had to play both both sides, play defensive end and also offensive line. And what I took from last season is I learned that no matter what uh, throws at you, you got to overcome it, find somewhere to overcome it, find somewhere to get better. No matter the situation, there's always a way to get better. There's always a way to keep pushing forward. So that's what I got from last season. Yes, my team, we had some struggle, but at the end of the day, though, football is a, is a game. You got to have fun with it. We have fun. Even though we didn't have the season we wanted to have, we have fun. But the moment you start having fun is the moment the game is no longer a game no more. So I feel like since we had fun, it was worth it, even though we didn't have the season we wanted. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about uh, this summer, how you feel the, the team has uh, come about in terms of working out and uh, doing what you have to do to get ready for practice upcoming. Uh, during the summer, our numbers been a little a, a little bit low, but our main guys, they've been in putting the work in. They've been hungry to get at it. They've been hungry to to be better, to strive for greatness, just like Coach Coach help us get there. Every day when we get to that workout room, we have one main goal in, one main goal in mind, that is to be better, get better, so when the season comes, we can do our thing, have, hopefully have a better season than we did last season. Is it difficult, or did it even enter your mind that, okay, we're expecting what should be a normal fall, but it may not be? Uh, did that enter your mind, or to your teammates at all, as well, as you as you get ready for it? Um, I mean, as, a, as an athlete, we did get a little frustrated every time they told us we was about to have a season and they took it away. We, they told us again we was about to have a season then they canceled it. So, therefore, to me, I got to the point where I, I, I gave up. I, like, I stopped thinking we was going to have a season. We was going to wait till like, my junior year. But I don't know where they told us we was going to have a season. So, yes, we we was expecting the season to not be the same because there's main things we couldn't do. We couldn't have have meetings one-on-ones due to COVID protocols. We had to have uh, – Coach, there's certain things Coach had to do due to COVID. So, therefore, I feel like COVID took a lot from us. But at the end, we made it worth it. Uh, Coach, as you go forward here again, 
if anything from the spring, you learned that you have to adapt and you know you expect the unexpected, and that may be the case again. We certainly hope not, but I guess everybody's better prepared for it, and I, I can't see how it's going to be any more challenging in the fall than it was in the spring, so at least you guys are battle-tested. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we kind of have a, a – um an unspoken slogan with our coaching staff. You know, the Marines have Semper Fidelis, always faithful. We believe in Semper Gumby, always flexible. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, we can build on those experiences. You know, we did some things, I think, during COVID protocols that we're going to keep even if we don't have them. You know, things like how we do water bottles during timeouts and things like that, just small things like that. But, yeah, we certainly, you know, are preparing for it to be as quote-unquote normal as possible. But I would be amiss if I said I'm not expecting something to happen. Mm-hmm. And we're preparing for that eventuality and, and expecting it to happen. And when it does happen, we'll be prepared to handle it. And we'll just roll it out and say, hey, here we go. Whereas in the spring, we were reactive. Right. I think in the fall, we can be much more proactive in that regard. Um, and I think that will be better for us as coaches, uh, but better for the players as well. Let's talk about on the field. What do you felt like you guys did well? What do you feel like you've got to work on for uh, a successful fall campaign? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing we're most successful with, you know, on the field is, you know, say what you want about our team and our scores and things like that. But every time our guys were asked to toe the rubber and get out there and, and play it out, man, we had guys across from our, our ones all the way. I think every game we played every player or close proximity there too. You know, they got out there and they played their hardest. Well, you know, sometimes was it enough? Obviously not. But they got out there and they gave it everything they had. And that, at the end of the day, that's all I can ask of a young man is when you get out there, you give me maximum effort on every play. And, and if it's not there, it's not there. It's, you know, you you get beat on talent a lot of times in life. But when you have that effort there and maintain that effort, you might still lose, but you can say, hey, I did everything I can. I think we did that well in the spring. You know, from a scheme-wise, we saw some things that worked. Uh, we saw a lot of things that didn't work. So we've kind of, I wouldn't say changed our scheme. We've morphed our scheme a little bit. Um, you know, Pat, this spring you saw we were up-tempo trying to, you know, kind of go no huddle. Mm-hmm. We've gone back to a more traditional huddle set. You know, we still have parts of that um, tempo identity, but we really are, you know, going more towards a traditional huddle, calling the play, getting it out there, running what we need to run, um, that sort of thing. Defensively, you know, last year we were four two five. We're still going to stay in that even front. But, you know, we are going to do a, a couple things differently and morph what we do to make us more su- successful. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to put our players in the best position to be successful. Um, and we can't be married to scheme that way um, unless you can breed them into your scheme like uh, Jimmy does at North Carolina. Um, you know, and that's definitely one way to do it. But, you know, with our guys every year, slightly different. So we've kind of seen, okay, what do we have? What can we use? What can we do? Um, you know, you'll see a lot of formations from us this year. Uh, you'll see uh, a decent amount of motion, that sort of stuff. Um, but the, the, the basic core of what we're doing is staying more or less the same because we believe in the philosophies of it. We just need to change the way we execute it. Widerson, let me ask you in terms of uh, this coming fall, what are you most excited about? What, what, are your, what are your goals individually and then team goals for this season? What I'm most excited about for this season is uh, the team outcome, the team success. Like I told earlier – uh, what I'm looking for is like team success. I'm looking more for a team success than I am for individual because I'd rather see my team success than me just having a successful day. Like if me having a good day on the field, it's not going to win us a football game. But if all 11 guys on the football team, 11 guys on both sides of the team is having a good day, then we most definitely going to win the football game. So that's why I like football is not an individual sport. It's more like a team. So that's why I, that's what I'm looking forward to. What, what do you think are realistic goals for the program as a team this coming fall? As a team, we just got to overcome the obstacle that we felt to overcome. Uh, the things we felt to do, we got to just work on those things, get them better. Because um, our, our weakest link is as strong as our biggest link. So that's why we got to work on our weakest link and make it t- as tough as our strongest link. Coach, your week one matchup, even at Cater. At Decatur. At Decatur. So that's a big matchup. Yeah. And that actually, as we talked with Coach, though, that's before school starts. Yeah. So the challenges of fans at the stands, that's not your problem for right. that yeah, game on the road. We're on you're the gonna, road. <laughs> right, you're going to be on the road. So there, there's a there's a positive there. But, you know, that's certainly uh, that, that's a program, as we know, that have fallen on some really difficult times. And you guys have been there yourself. Oh, yeah. And then you were able to get yourselves up and going and, and get back on track the way we know Bennett was, especially in the mid-'80s and early-'90s. Um, but. But to see, you know, Decatur get back on track, obviously that makes the South stronger. That's a good thing uh, because that seems like that's a program that it's just it's odd that they were down. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you guys will go in some cycles in Salisbury, but usually you've got two or three programs that are doing pretty right. well. Um, but ultimately that's going to be a benefit to the entire conference, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the stronger, you know, a rising tide floats all boats to steal a terrible cliche. You know what I mean? But um, – 
yeah, the better every team in the South is. I mean, the better competition you can play. We we have the, I don't know, you want to call it fortune or misfortune of being the only 3A on the shore. So the better competition we can see during the season, that's only going to make us better for when we do have to go play those playoff games against some tremendous 3A programs across the bridge. I mean, we're trying to sort that. Our, our, our first scrimmage is we're going to go up and scrimmage Oakdale and Patuxent in Frederick. I, I saw that, yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's a testament to those programs and how I want our guys. If we're going to play, let's play the best. Let's, you know, we want to go out and, and – play against the best competition we can find and the, you know the better the teams get in the south the better it is for everybody you know I, it, I hate to say this iron sharpens iron right all right but um you know it really is true the better you play the more talent you play the better teams you play you can compare yourself and say okay that's where they are that's where we want to be what do we have to do to get there what do i have to do as an individual what do we have to do as a team to get to that level and so yeah i mean it's great to see um you know the south kind of resurging a little bit um you know we'll see how if that trend continues uh but we're going to try and do our part to help that trend continue that's for certain uh, final question and and i'll throw it out for both of you and i'll start with you first uh, weinerson with all that's going on around us especially with covid and all that how that's impacted society do you think that it's football is almost is easier to focus on because that takes you away from the outside the outside going so even though it's affecting things to an extent um has it been easier to kind of hone in and focus on and dedicate yourself to football because it's an escape of sorts honestly because of covid like there's like throughout covid throughout quarantine there's more things most of us found that's like we like more so therefore we gotta balance whatever we choose whatever we want to do more because like some of us there is job and we fell in love with working but at the same time we have football so therefore we gotta choose which one we want to do during this time but for me football is like my getaway like when i'm playing football that's like i'm i get away from all my problems i, got, I don't gotta think nothing that's going at home or going at school, I just got to focus in the moment, live in the moment. That's like that's my most happiest time. And coach, I mean, again, you can't. And it was a long-winded question. I apologize, but uh, good answer. I, I just, you know, it, you can't separate the two because COVID is impacting how you practice, so on and so forth. But with that being said, you think it's easier for the kids to buy in and focus and dedicate themselves because uh, it does get them away from the constant COVID news and the constant, uh, you know, stories that we hear. I would say conceptually, yes, but practically I'm actually going to go the other way with it. I think kind of echoing what uh, Widenerson said, I think, you know, anything we do in life, we have to prioritize what we're doing, you know, and one of the reasons a lot of guys, you know, get real involved with football is it, it builds in a routine, right? Hey, I go to school, then I go to football practice, then, okay, in the offseason, I don't play another sport. I get into weight training, and then I'm working all, you know, towards that. And it's a much easier when you have a captive audience, so to speak, to help them understand, like, hey, this is worth the commitment. This is worth the time. But when they take a year off, and I think we saw them for three weeks in the summer, three weeks in the fall, and then the first day of practice. What are they doing with their time? They're doing other things, as he said. A lot of them went out and got jobs. And, you know, we might tell, well, you've got the rest of your life to work. And we might be true, but I remember being 16, 17, 18 years old and getting that paycheck going, oh, all of a sudden I can afford these things that I want to buy. I can get this. I can get that. You know, and then when you don't have the anything else telling them, well, you know, let's, let's focus on other things, like they become invested in those things. And so the hard part is not going to be getting them to be focused on football. I think once they are there – that's not going to be a problem. I think getting back in person, getting back into a more traditional uh, routine, because I think that's another thing they lost is they lost a lot of their routines. Yeah. And I know I struggled not having routines, so I know they struggled as teenagers. Getting them back in routines, it'll help get them back in that mindset. So when they're there, I'm not worried about them being focused. The hard part I think that kind of we're seeing now across the board is numbers are down. And the question is, why are numbers down? You know, And that's not specific just to Bennett. That's not specific just to certain schools. We see it for most programs across the board. And that's because, in my opinion, they found other things that they enjoy doing just as much. And, you know, um, so they have to make the decision. Do I want to invest the amount of time and effort and commitment it's going to take to be good at football? Or do I like these other things? And, you know, we've been working through that with some of our young men. And I get it. I completely understand it. You know, there's a lot of things I like to do, um, you know, that sometimes I'm like, okay, the amount of time and investiture it takes to be successful in this game is significant. You know, they don't come up with the phrase, football widows for nothing and I hate that phrase because you know I, I feel bad for my wife but I, it really is in a certain way true um, you know is that a way is that something I want for my wife I have a two-year-old son that I want him to have to experience you know and we have to make that decision as a family and so I understand them going through these and having to face these adult decisions of 
do I continue to work, make money? Do I continue to, you know, maybe I got really focused on music or really focused on art, things that I'm passionate about. Is it worth taking some time away from that to invest in football, or do I like these things better? And I don't begrudge that of them. Now we're trying to work those young men, say, okay, here's the opportunities that football provides you. Here's what you can can't do. Once they're there, I'm not worried about them being focused. Getting them there has kind of been a struggle, but it's one I can uh, completely understand, so I don't begrudge them that. Coach, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And Wynerson as well. Great job. And uh, appreciate you coming down for media day today. Uh, James and Bennett Clippers, and they get their season started against Decatur week one. And, of course, Coach will talk to you every Friday night. So appreciate it. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. All right. More of the Timeout Podcast continues here. The Overtime Live Flair with our Bayside Media Days. We talk to the football teams around the Bayside. It's all presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Queenstown Bank combines traditional community banking with the conveniences of modern banking technology. Visit their branches in Queenstown, Easton, Chester, Graysonville, Stevensville, Centerville, Churchill, Ridgely, and a loan production office in Cambridge. Queenstown Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. All right, we continue on the Timeout Podcast here, a part of our newest venture, Shore Sports MD. It's the Bayside Conference Media Day today. And with these segments, we've been talking to all the football teams, or most of the football teams. Really appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, Parkside Rams up now, and uh, head coach Brendan Riley. Coach, good to see you. And uh, we're uh, just a few days away from Christmas. Well, I guess that would be day one, or that would be week one, game one, right? That's, uh, that's no, what Christmas I think, I think you got it right, man. Yeah. Day one, day one of getting back to pads and getting the kids all back under house, you know, that's, that feels like Christmas. All right, so the biggest takeaway from the spring in a positive way that you'll be able to use for the fall, and what was the biggest drawback from the spring? Uh, biggest positive was that our guys got a ton of reps, and we got to learn about our guys, and they got to learn what it is, especially our young guys, you know. Um, the guys that have been in the system for the last three years, you know, it was kind of like plug and play and let's roll. Uh, but the biggest the biggest thing was just getting guys that had never competed in a varsity contest the opportunity to see what it's like to play on a Friday night. Um, drawback, just probably the, the hardest part of the whole thing was the fact that we didn't have the amount of kids that we normally would have had. Um, I yeah. think that's probably the biggest drawback, you know, because kids weren't in the building. They didn't get to see, can't recruit the hallways. You know, you're in that kind of situation. Let me start with you since you have the mic, uh, Eli Selinger. Did you find that with the challenges of COVID in the spring that you found that you actually love football more than you did before that? I mean, I feel like I, I mean, I love football, yeah, but I feel like I'm, I was just glad that I got back on the field and stuff because we were off for 18 months. So, I mean, it was just a good learning experience to play seven games. We had a good season. I mean, we, were, we just went out there to play football together and got back with our friends and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, I love football. Let me pass on to uh, Therese, uh, Therese Worthy. Let me ask you, did as teammates, did you find that you guys came together more uh, because of the challenges? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We definitely came together towards, like, towards the end of the season. Like, we we had a rough, rough first couple games. We had a rough game. But, um. In the end, it all worked out. We all came together. We had a better season. We all worked together. Mm. And it was just better, way better. All right, we'll pass along uh, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. How did you guys um, stay in touch with each other? Did you guys take it upon yourselves to do, um, you know, Zoom calls? Did you just uh, get on text message or group text messaging? Or how did you guys stay together as a group? And do you think you did a good job of, of staying uh, communicative? I mean, yeah. There I mean, go. yeah, we yeah. started uh, a group chat on Instagram. Uh, rising seniors, rising, rising juniors, to stay in contact with everybody. And then uh, we had Zoom calls uh, every other week before the season even started to keep up, make sure everybody agrees just right. Let me uh, pass it on. Patrick, what was your biggest takeaway from the spring and how will you use it in the fall for, for the better? Just that we didn't have a full season, but now we have the opportunity to, like, actually play actual full season with the game of football and have a chance to play with these guys once again for one last year and just come together and be a part of an amazing team. 
Uh, as you pass the mic around, and we'll get to Edgar here, but, Coach, let me ask you, uh, in terms of how you felt the spring went from an on-the-field perspective, do you guys felt like you got better uh, as the season went on, and what do you take from that into this fall? Do you think you'll be ahead of the game, or are you still going to have to hit the reset button on day one? Oh, no, I I, I think 100% we, from, from week one that we were practicing all the way through to the end, I think we got better every single week, and – I think our kids got that mentality as well. So that carries in, in and of itself its own weight. And then from there, just building on that concept, you know, we're going to go into day one and, you know, our offensive guys know that 34 is 34 and 43 is 43 and cross buck is this and ISO is that and play action pass is this. And then having the summertime just to refine some of those things was even better. You know, we, we did some uh, different things this summer and that was really good for us. And, uh, you know, our weight room has been – uh, very, very good, very consistent, so I'm, I'm excited about it. That's good. Edgar, let me ask you, what uh, what are expectations for this team? What do you think you guys could do this year as you've taken that spring experience now and the numbers you have coming back? Everything is one week at a time. Boy, we go in that day, we come in that week on Monday, and we strive to get better, at least 1% better every single day. That's our goal for the rest of this for the rest of this year to get one percent better every single day. And you've been happy as well. Coach was talking about about the uh, the off season workouts uh, in between spring and leading up into the fall here. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm actually new to this program, so coming into this to these uh, summer workouts was a great time for me to get introduced to all these different players and all the different teammates that I'm going to end up playing with at the varsity level. And I think it's been fun. I think it's been fun. I think it's been productive. Uh, I came in off the soccer, off a soccer season weighing 174, and with their workouts, I gained 20 pounds. It works. What these guys are doing, it works. And if you do it properly, you're going to gain weight, and you're going to be you're going to be ready for whenever that season rolls around. Very good, coach. There you go. You could use him uh, to be your uh, your yeah, spokesman yeah, for the off season workout well, program. You know, Edgar's <laughs> kind of a cool situation. You know, he came in because COVID moved into the area. Didn't and where he's from, he's from Texas. So in Texas, they play soccer in the spring, and he didn't really right. understand what the what the transition was. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Man, I'm itching to get back to football." So then, you know, we we had the opportunity watching him do uh, hand cleans and power cleans in, during BFS class. And next thing you know, here he is doing 225 for reps. And I'm like, "Okay, that's a good day." And uh, hey, yeah, he's been a welcome addition. Great kid, just a tremendous worker and. Uh, a good leader, so excited about what he can do. Coach, as we wrap things up, uh, talk to us about numbers for this fall for you guys for varsity and JV. Uh, you know, honestly, we got our we got our meeting tonight for equipment handout, and we're going to get guys in. And I th I, I really am um, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. You know, if we're in a situation where we have a 30-30 split, then I feel good yeah. uh, because I really still think we're about a year and a half away from people getting back to the point where they're like, you know what, okay, things are kind of moving in a direction that's positive. But I could say that, and then all of a sudden we show up and um, we've got, you know, 80 kids, and that would be tremendous as well. Uh, either which way, you know, we, we kind of have a, a rough idea as to where it is the guys are going to be at. You know, obviously we want to get through uh, two days as healthy as possible, um, trying to prepare them for each and every single contest and then get ready to go for week one and just, you know, see where the chips may fall. And in terms of the uh, summer workouts, or excuse me, the summer practice, are things going to be back to way, the way they were in 2019, or are there still going to be some things from the spring that you have to take into the summer? Um, well, I mean, you know, we, we <laughs> when we started the spring, we started it as if we were going from 19 right in. You know, so it was the, the beautiful thing and the blessing that we have is the fact that we have continuity amongst our coaches. And being able to run the system and know the system and do the system, you know, it was, uh, it, we start picking up things really that much faster as a result of it. Obviously, with the new guys that came in, that was what was so good is that a lot of young guys that had the opportunity, and these guys were pushing themselves during the week to get those kids opportunities as well. So that right. really built – I think that continuity all the way through. Guys, thanks so much for coming out. It really means a lot to us. And uh, look forward to uh, what should be a really good season, and uh, especially as the teams uh, you know, get back to uh, hopefully a full nine-game schedule yeah, as well. A couple that's more goal. games on the, uh, on the slate. Guys, thanks so much. We appreciate thanks, it. Mike. Yeah, the Parkside Rams here at Coach Brendan Riley and uh, a multitude of Rams, and we appreciate the guys coming out. We've got uh, more to come here as our Bayside Conference uh, Media Day. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. 
every detail matters. So let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. All right, we're at Easton High School. It's a Shore Sports podcast here. Our media day is we're covering all the Bayside Conference football teams and talking with their head coaches here as uh, another practice about to get underway just uh, over the other side of those mats there. Head coach, uh, of course, you guys had an incredible spring season, but now you transfer over to the fall of 2021 here in a new season. But take us through the end of spring into now summer practice and, and the transition there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we lost uh, quite a few seniors, you know, that were impact players for since their freshman and sophomore years. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good summer. I'd say, you know, we were uh, thankfully allowed to lift during the summer in our weight room. And, you know, we hosted, we had about 30 kids every, uh, 25 to 30 kids every uh, weightlifting session. And, you know, kids worked out and lots of kids have jobs and stuff that they have to do as well but you know we did some seven on seven tournaments uh you know to try to get the timing down with a new quarterback and you know it went pretty well um i felt like we could have been done a little bit better but it really was a benefit because now we um have hit the ground rolling here and are doing well yeah and i've got to i've got to think you guys were sky high coming off the spring and wanting to build on that and continue that here into the fall so there had to be some added motivation for uh, those during the summertime that we're here on a consistent basis working out yeah uh you know after last year we had you know such a tremendous season we had high expectations last year hoping you know if covid never happened i mean you know uh you know but we had a great season and you know those guys those seniors really wanted to um really help the kids and push them along to to have that kind of success you know coming into this fall and you know i feel like our leaders uh really you know did well over the summertime and and now you know they're ready to make their mark on easton football uh give us just a brief breakdown of the numbers if you can coach about yeah how many you expect to have on varsity and the breakdown of the classes a little bit uh yeah so you know I didn't know really what to expect. Uh, I knew our senior class was going to be a big class. Uh, we ended up having kids who, who opted essentially opted out in the spring. They're they're all back. Uh, so we have a very big senior class. It's like 22 kids. I just counted it. And on varsity, we're looking at having 45 football players. Um, and JV is about close to 30. I think it's like 27 guys. So we're over 70. Um, you know, I would like to be. 80 in the program, 40 on varsity, 40 on JV. But this year we have a, a very big varsity football team. And, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of competition out there. In general, in terms of returning starters, I know there's some battles going on, as you made mention. Roughly how many do you have coming back offensively and defensively? Uh, offensively, we are, I think we have one, two, three, four, four varsity uh, starters that played last year that were starting last year. Uh, for our back and then on defense we have a lot of our most of our defense starters are back I think we are only missing three so eight eight returning on defense and four returning on offense now on offense of course the big question always surrounds the uh, quarterback and I understand or we believe there is another O'Connor that will be under center and shotgun is that uh, is that something you can provide us with yes Kevin O'Connor will be our starting quarterback and uh, you know he brings a different element to the football game you know to the game it's it's he's not the same as his brother um and i know people are going to want to compare him to his brother but he's just not the same so how's he how's he different uh, he's more of a dual threat i mean he's a dual threat kid he can run the ball and throw the ball so you know it's going to be exciting to watch him play and and to see uh um you know defenses running at him and and to see what they're going to do to us and you know i know they are going to attack us and you know, we want to run the ball. We want to throw the ball. We want to be very even. And, uh, you know, in years past, we haven't really been. Last year, we ran the ball a lot more. Um, I felt like our offensive line did a great job. Um, and this year, you know, it's on the offensive line again to, to be able to protect Kevin and, and be able to open up holes for Graham and Brandon and a few of our other running backs. Well, that's your area of expertise. Obviously, with four coming back, I assume that there's at least a few new starters on the line there. Yeah, we have uh, – we have three starters returning. Oh, I guess we have five returners. We have five returners on offensive line because we have three returners on offensive line. So that's a big help. Okay, so that is about so sixty percent back. That is good. Yeah, I mean, but the two guys we lost, Billy Hoffy and uh, Henry Booth, were first team or Bayside, and uh, you know it's hard to. Re- 
replace a first teamer with a, a kid moving up or a kid who's you know developed over the summer and gotten better. Coach, uh, final question for you in general, taking a look at not only your varsity JV, but also the rec programs as well as I watch them practicing on my, my drive in here. Do you feel like this program is up and running and starting to hit on all cylinders and kind of just replenish itself instead of having to rebuild? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's there's people that, that want to play here at Easton football. You know, they know the brand that's been established here for even before I came. Um, and it's an exciting brand of football. Um, yeah, the, I looked at the Talbot Braves and our Shorehawk teams. I mean, it's, we're looking at adding maybe 30 to 35 eighth graders next year. So, I mean, I feel like the numbers are going to finally start hitting where I really would like them to be. And at that, it's just it's just better competition for each other. You know, the more competition you have, the better you're going to be on your team. Coach, real quick, the two scrimmages you have this uh, this summer? Uh, yeah, so we have a scrimmage on Saturday. We're, we're having a four-way scrimmage with Severn School, um, Northeast, not Anne Arundel, Northeast Cecil, <laughs> and also um, Woodbridge, Delaware is going to be there. Nice. So that's this Saturday. And then next Friday we're doing game situation with Archbishop Curley. Excellent. All right. And Coach Riley, who's uh, no stranger to our Ironton, I should say, who's yes. no stranger to the Bayside Conference. Coach, thanks so much. We'll talk to you on the preview show. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. I want to take a moment to tell you about Hook Optic Sunglasses. They offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce polarized triple threat lenses. They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen. Plus, they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair, or go to hookoptics.com. You'll be glad you did. So there you have it, a preview from all but two of the Bayside High School football teams. We were missing Kent County and Snow Hill. If you want to hear what their season plans are, tune in to 94.3 Winks FM this Friday night at 8 o'clock for our Overtime Live preview show. Mike Bradley will be talking to all the coaches from across the Bayside after they've had a couple of scrimmages in, and it's a time to update you as to what their football team's expectations are for this upcoming season. Some good stuff in there, and I tell you, listening to the players talk, they're excited to get back on the field, and, and we can't wait either. Our overtime live Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by Best Western Plus Easton and For All Seasons will kick off Friday night, September 3rd. We're looking forward to that. It'll be the Queen Anne's County High Lions at the North Carolina Bulldogs. Airtime for that will be 6.15 on 94.3 Winks FM and ForeverMidshore.com. Hopefully you can catch that. I want to thank you for listening. Once again, all of our sponsors, thanks to them for helping make this possible. We release a brand new podcast every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. and we give you a week to listen to it. If you missed one, you can always go back. Yeah, just simply go to our page and you can find it right there uh, as of the previous seven episodes. Hard to believe we've got eight in the books now. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next Tuesday. Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.